Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. This week it is December, so we are talking all about Christmas and I'm going to share uh, 10 tips to help Christmas go as smoothly as it can do. Now obviously this year has been slightly different and as we go into Christmas we're living in a slightly different world than we would normally. So it will change how things work and it will make things a little bit different but it doesn't mean that actually Christmas can't go reasonably well. So my first tip, if you're like me and you find keeping on top of all the things at school that your child is supposed to be doing, Christmas jumper day, what day is Christmas lunch, when they're finishing early on the last day of term, when the, I was going to say nativity play is on. We don't have to worry about this year on the whole, but you might be doing something. Make sure you know what school are doing so that you can keep on top of it and you're not suddenly finding yourself trying to find a Christmas jumper at eight o'clock in the morning, the morning they need to wear the Christmas jumper to school. Because that just adds a level of stress that quite frankly, none of us need as parents. And of course, it may just be me that does that. But I suspect there's a few of you that also are a bit last minute like I am. So make sure you know what school are doing. Pop it on the fridge, pop it in your diary, put, you know, memory reminders on there, whatever you need to do to help you get through the next few weeks until they break up and know where you're supposed to be when. Because none of us want to forget those things because we all know that they can be tricky enough as it is when your child is suddenly wearing their Christmas jumper into school and not their school uniform. So if we can be organised and be on top of it, it just takes away some of the stress for us as parents. So that is point number one. Number two, keep it simple. I think Christmas can become a huge event that is overly complicated, really big and a you know, and beautiful and fun and engaging and a great time with family. 100% don't get me wrong. But it doesn't need to have all of the trimmings all of the time. And this year particularly, the reality is most of us will be spending it certainly with a lot less people potentially. But also, if actually you find every year there's pressure on you as a family to go and have a really big family Christmas with lots of extended family and your children find that really hard, you have the perfect excuse in COVID to say, actually, we're going to stay at home this year. We're not going to come and visit. And that might allow you to keep it really simple and have it with just you and the kids at home. And now for some of you that might be like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That sounds awful. I need family around. And others might be like, oh, do you know, that just sounds heavenly. And actually it takes the pressure off. I think this year, more than any year, we need to take the pressure off and enjoy it rather than make it really complicated and so many things we've got to do and pack and all that kind of stuff. So keep it simple. And if you need to use COVID as the best excuse you've got to not go and see extended family, use it. Uh, because fingers crossed, this will be the only time in our lives that we have this kind of an excuse. So that is number two, keep it simple. And I'm a big believer in keep it simple. I'm not a big over the top person for Christmas. Um, so I think, you know, it's brilliant. Now we're going to move into kind of present issues, which I know come up a lot and are already coming up with lots of the parents I'm talking to at the moment. So point number three, Sometimes telling them what their main present is for Christmas is the best way of reducing their anxiety levels. Not knowing can create huge amounts of anxiety. And to be honest, I don't think it's worth it. Yes, I know that 
you know, we want to be able to see their faces light up on Christmas Day when we open their presents and it's all wonderful and it's all lovely. That's in an ideal world and lots of us don't live in that ideal world. So if your child is really struggling and the anxiety of not knowing is just becoming too much, then tell them because then you're all going to be happier and it's a lot nicer than living out for that perfect Christmas morning dream that isn't going to happen anyway. So if you're, for example, you're getting them a main present and maybe a few little ones, tell them what their main present is and make it easier for everybody. Tip number four. For some families, the other way of doing it is having a little present kind of in the few days running up to Christmas. So, for example, you know, once they've broken up from school, the few days after that, giving them some uh, little presents and I do mean little tiny little things that they can open up each day again it can just help to reduce the anxiety levels tip number five spread presents out on Christmas day they don't all need to be opened up first thing in the morning that being said spotting a pile of presents under the tree it's really really hard not to open them all in one go and rip all the wrapping off and then play with the boxes rather than the things that came in the boxes particularly if you're very little Obviously, teenagers are going to be more inclined to play with, well, probably not play, but enjoy what was in the boxes. Little kids are just going to love the boxes. So, you know, if you can spread it out, spread it out. If you can't, don't worry. But sometimes putting it out just eases the stress. So you might want to put some of the presents away somewhere so that you're not um, opening them all. They can't see them all at the same time and you can bring them out throughout the day. Do what works for you. And I think for me, this is one of the most important things. Christmas Day is about what works for us and our family, not what works for our neighbour, not what works for our parents, not what works for our brother or sister or aunt or our uncle, what works for us as a family. And so my next tip is you don't all have to be there to open your presents all at the same time. If you've got kids who are varying ages then let them open it. You know, if they're up, if some of them are up at 5am, let them open a present. Making them wait until, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock in the morning until everybody's up is just going to be really, really difficult. At least let them open one and get some of that excitement out of the way or let them open their stockings, something like that, because it just takes away some of the pressure. And I know if you're like me, you know, too early in the morning and my brain just doesn't function. Um, so actually, I just need to let my son get on and open his presents if he's up that early because I don't really want to talk. So it's easier, to be honest. Um, and then he gets on and they play and they use their presents and they play with them and it reduces some of the stress. OK, so that's my thoughts around presents. And I think just to wrap that section off, one of the things for me is really important. Is it's not about spending lots and lots of money on them. One really thoughtful present can mean more, particularly to an older child, potentially. And I know that for some sibling groups, you know, if one child's got four presents and the other one's got five, that creates an issue, even if the value of those presents is exactly the same. So if you have that in your house, you might want to think, how can I make sure they've got the same number of things to open, even if actually the value of those things you know, is exactly the same in less presents? So just making sure they've all got, you know, five boxes to open rather than one having four and one having five can also reduce some of the issues you might be having in your house. So let's move on from presents. 
and let's start thinking food. This is the bit I really love, food. Christmas is about food, isn't it? And as much as it is about presents. How often do we get to the food part and we go into the supermarket and we buy enough food to last, I don't know, a month, six weeks, and it's just for one day. And there's a lot of food and it can take hours to cook a full roast with all the trimmings and everything else. Now, if you enjoy doing that on Christmas Day and it works in your house and it doesn't create extra stress and hassle and everything else, 100% go for it. And if your kids enjoy eating it, absolutely have a full roast dinner. If actually no one in your house particularly enjoys cooking it or eating it, don't do it. I know families who don't have a roast on Christmas Day. They don't want to roast on Christmas Day. Some of them have picnic lunches on their carpet in their living room and they all will enjoy that whilst they're watching a Christmas movie. Other families have, you know, get an Indian takeaway maybe the night before and heat it up on Christmas Day. Others have, you know, meals that they can just bung in the oven and means they've got time to spend with their kids playing and engaging rather than spending hours slaving over, you know, a hot stove and checking everything's cooked to the right temperature and this, that and the other. So when it comes to food on Christmas Day, do what is right for you. You know, if having kind of um, picnic-y style grab-and-go food ready on the side in the kitchen all day that the kids can just pick at works better for you do that no one says you have to have roast whatever it is turkey beef gammon whatever you like on christmas day if you really like it do it on boxing day when the pressure's off a little bit or on christmas eve but if it causes stress on christmas day just don't do it it's not worth it my next bit kind of follows on from that and that is it's not about food particularly it's about teenagers Although they do eat a lot of food. Teenagers do seem to eat a lot of food. If your teenager wants to spend the whole morning in bed, let them. And if that means you've got younger kids and you open your presents with your younger kids, do that and then let your teenager get up when they're ready. There's no point in creating you know, an argument just because you're trying to drag your teenager out of bed to open their presents when they're quite happy in bed asleep. And the same goes for meals. You might want to eat your main meal later on in the day so that they are up awake and vaguely, you know, teenagerish on Christmas Day rather than dragging them up for an, you know, a lunchtime meal that they really don't want to be at. So use Christmas Day to be a little bit more flexible and just see what works and see how you go. And I think that falls into my next point, number nine, where we are talking about routines and structure because some of our kids work really well with no structure on Christmas day and they can manage it perfectly and it's not a problem and you know just having a a very relaxed chilled out free form day works really well for them others don't others need that structure they need that routine in place on that day so they know what's happening because all of the excitement the anxiety the worry all of that stuff creates a big enough feeling in them for them to struggle with it anyway so a structure to the day helps them to cope and get through it and know where they are so if those are your children pop a structure together you know maybe 
I don't know, you know, breakfast stays at the same time it normally would. Lunch is roughly at the same time. Afternoon snack is, dinner is. I put it up on the wall. You know, what time are we ringing granny and granddad? What time are we ringing Uncle Joe? What time are we doing presents? What are we doing in the afternoon? Oh, we're going to watch a movie or we're going to play games or we're going for a walk. Put those things up so that your child knows what they are doing on Christmas Day. And it can make a huge difference. You know, if your child needs structure, they need structure even on Christmas Day. And the other thing I would say is build in those sensory breaks to allow them to get the the heebie-jeebies out of them. Uh, So I'm a big lover of going for a walk on Christmas Day. A, just to make space for the Christmas dinner, but also it's just a great way of getting that kind of sensory input and relaxation into your body. And finally, relax and chill. This year, I think that's even more important than ever. We've had a really stressful, weird year. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of bored of it now. I just want it to go away. I want to be able to go and see friends. I want to be able to go out and do the things I normally do. That on top of the, I'm going to say usual stress of Christmas because it's so busy. We're trying to sort things out. And while things are different this year, there's still a a level of stress around for various different reasons. Try on Christmas Day to take the pressure off yourself. You know, whether that is not having turkey and getting a takeaway, whether that is spending the day in your pyjamas, whether that is saying actually is for somewhere, you know, family of four, we're spending it at home. Um, Or not as a family of four, but do you mean we're spending it at home with our immediate family? Relax and breathe. Our kids really, really pick up our emotions and our own stresses. If we are really stressed on Christmas Day, that is going to impact on our children, their behaviour, and how they're feeling. So the more relaxed you are, the more chilled out you are, the more you're going to be able to help them stay relaxed and chilled out. And that's going to give everybody a better Christmas. So I'll just run through my top tips again to help you. Firstly, check out what school are doing over the next couple of weeks and pop it in your diary so there's no last minute surprises. Secondly, keep it simple. Do what works for you and keep it really simple. Thirdly, tell them what their main present is, if it's going to help them, if it's going to help reduce the anxiety. Number four, if it works and if it helps, do little presents in the days running up to Christmas and take it that way. Number five, you might want to spread the Christmas presents out over the day. Number six, you don't have to open them all together. Number seven, if you don't want turkey, don't have it. You do not need to have turkey on Christmas Day. Do whatever works for you food wise. Um, You know, it's Christmas. The whole point is to do what you want. So, you know, if you want your roast on Boxing Day or Christmas Eve, go for it. I think I'm up to number eight now. I've lost count slightly. Apologies. Um, If your teenager wants to stay in bed, let your teenager stay in bed all morning. Let them do what they want to do. And remember to have a structure and a routine in place if that helps your child. And finally, number 10, chill out, relax and enjoy it. If we go into it thinking it's going to be hideous, guess what? It's much more likely to be. Go into it thinking it's going to be a relaxing, fun time and it's much more likely to be. 
So that's my top tips for Christmas. I hope that's been helpful. Do what works for your family is pretty much what I'm saying. And this year, if you want to use COVID as an excuse to not go and see that family person member you don't really want to go and see, um, or it's a really good way of saying to the family without hurting anybody, actually, we're going to have a quiet one at home this year, then do it. Take that opportunity, enjoy it and have some fun. So that's all for this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I will be back next week with the final episode of the series. Speak to you soon. Bye.